Hey, brother. Hello, brother. Hey, welcome to Season 6, Episode 15 of Match Wits. I'm your host, Steve, alongside my younger brother, Chris. May, uh, may the 4th be with you, brother. Oh, same to you. That's right. <laughs> we, we probably, probably talk about we really... Yeah, we really dropped the ball on this one. Now we, we scheduled it for Saturday, May fourth, and I was like, "Oh, it's May the fourth because I was I got up and I've been watching Star Wars all day long. I got up and I, I watched A New Hope before Brody got up, and then Brody got up and watched Empire with me. So yeah, I I, I can make an argument that the the robot from Rogue One, that K two S O, the the one that's Alan Tiddick voices, the real sarcastic one, yeah, yeah, yeah. might be the best character that came from all of the new star wars since jedi like all of the new ones like the the prequels the, the agreed sequel, agreed yeah, he the, that character makes me consistently laugh every time i watch that movie so and 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 i would say to talk a little about star when we were talking i was talking to charlie uh, at dinner about this i would say rogue one is probably the best movie outside the original trilogy so yeah. the, the and or in charlie's words the best one that disney's made Sure, you can make an argument. I, yeah. I just didn't probably enjoyed it the most, just because it felt most like the original trilogy. You know what I mean? Like the other it ones did. felt like they were trying to update it, or they were trying to. I don't know. It's nostalgia. The the whole Rogue One allure is the nostalgia. But when they when they spoiler alert when it ends the way that they talk about in the beginning of Star Wars: A New Hope. I was all for it. Good. Yep. Disney have have some gonads and and do it the way it's supposed to be done. So yep. that's why I have I, I have hope for all the stories that Disney's gonna tell with Marvel and Star Wars and yep. the like. And 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 there's something about like I I don't know that I recall a franchise, or maybe this is just because like Star Wars changed movie making and we, we know and, and and sequels and all that. Um I just don't remember any other movies like where I wanted to understand the backstory, like Star Wars, a new hope, you start, you drop in to the war, right? You just yeah. drop into chaos and you're like learning it on the fly. And then over the next, you know, through new hope and then, and empire and then and Jedi, you want that backstory. And to the point where even, even though those, the, the kind of the three prequel movies were not great, you were like, you were thirsting for sure. where did Darth Vader come from? Yeah. Where did like, where did all this stuff come from? And I don't know that I ever came across that in any, any other movie where you're just kind of like, you go into that, not knowing anything and you're excited about what's happening, but you're also like, where did this all come from? Well, yeah, like, it, it's it, dude, it starts from the very, very beginning of the movie where it start. it says episode four. You're like, wait, what did I miss the first three episodes? Why are we starting this movie? Oh my God, that's right. I didn't even think about like, that, but you're right. Very, Cause you're just the, like, what's going on? The very first thing you read, it says Star Wars, it says, you know, episode four, a new hope. You're like, wait, where were the other three episodes that I haven't seen? And then it just goes. So you immediately have, you're like, all right, so I'm picking the story up in the middle. So I need to get up to speed fast. But man, I watched all three of well, bits and pieces of all three of them today. And it's just so good. But so, so I know, and you, you, you go far deeper on this stuff than I do. Why did they do episode four, new hope? Like, what was Lucas's rationale? Do you know? I mean, I, from what I understand, I actually probably don't know, but it's probably the, the same reason that we said this is season six. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's the idea that there's all this information that we don't know 
that the filmmakers do that you're like they, they're constantly revealing new things to me so you you hit the ground running like those are always the best kind of movies that don't well at least for action movies and and things like big space operas like star wars like when you when you don't have a chance to kind of meander into a story it it pulls you in a little bit faster you know what i mean like the yeah yeah the idea good. The idea of it starting with the chase sequence of them going after Leia's escape pod puts you in the middle of a chase immediately. It's not right. like a it's a, a sunny like a slow fade into a sunny day on a faraway planet. It starts with a space battle. Like them they're chasing a woman and two droids in a giant ship, and you're like, holy crap, why is this happening? And then it doesn't stop from there. It it takes moments to breathe here and there, but. Movies that do that from the beginning pull you in quicker than ones that meander around. Yeah, at the you're start. exactly right. You you lean in immediately because you're sure. like, oh my god, what's going on? It's not a mm-hmm. slow build. It is. This is the you, you're getting dropped in in the middle yeah. of a space battle, and you're and you're going from there. Yeah, that's why it's effective. I mean, it, that's it's used in film classes to teach about that specific way to start a movie. Like all the movies that I've claim to write like all of the scripts that i've been working on forever all start the same way i don't really have slow intros it's all well it's that mixed with the kurt vonnegut introduce the audience to, to somebody that you like and then do awful things to them like you're immediately <laughs> right. immediately just from a, a, a visual perspective like princess leia is in duress and there's this big bad spaceship shooting at her and the only people that she has are these two droids and you're just like oh Okay, so you immediately have empathy <laughs> right. and sympathy for a character. So it's smart. That, and, and that's the thing about, you know, that's the thing about George Lucas. And, and, and Or maybe I should say that particular movie, right, A New Hope, which is it got so many little things right. Sure. Like, and that's why it is. I remember in, in communication class in, in college studying that because it, it, it was not a new formula. Right. I mean, it, 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 the, the storytelling, the, the, uh, good versus evil, that, that all of that has been played out thousands of times mm-hmm. in movies, but it, Star Wars did it in a way that almost perfected it. Right. Sure. I mean, it was, and it was all those little things and dropping you in and, and, and the way the villains are, and even like the subtle things with Darth Vader being like large and ominous and, and the voice and, and all the little things that made it, kind of riveting and 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 mass it was just appealed to a mass audience you didn't have to be a sci-fi guy to like it can you imagine how different it would have been had they not used james earl jones's voice for vader like if they used david prouse who was notoriously furious for them not using his hoity-toity british accent (laughs) for the voice of darth vader like just a simple design choice even as if it's modulated like him having a british accent would change vader fundamentally Instead of that James Earl Jones commanding, booming voice that doesn't even really need to be modulated to be intimidating. Like simple design choices like that are, you make a lot of smart ones like that over a course of a single movie. And that's why you get that cultural phenomenon. Steve, think about the opening credits. Like go back and look how they had to do it. It was like a big piece of glass and it had to be with the words scrolling out in the distance. Yeah. And it had to be like pulled along and the camera had to be mounted like above it. And it was a super complicated thing. And now it's a plugin that's included with iMovie. You can just type it (laughs) in. So like all these bad, like, kids making videos when they're like 12 13 can plug this in and it can look exactly like 
what was so complicated and what was so, I guess, trademark e for for the original Star Wars. Yeah, so. and they had to invent all that stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like yeah. like in, industrial light and magic and and mm-hmm. all that. Like they had to invent some of the special effects, and and a lot of them held up. Like sure. it doesn't look hokey. Like for a what is it now? Forty? Wait, nineteen seventy-seven. Uh, Forty-two years. I was gonna say that was quick math, there, Steve. Yeah. Well, I had to do it in comparison to my age because you know I'm gonna be forty-seven on Monday. Um, I know. That I mean, for it to hold up the way it does, like sure. you know, there is there is contemporary movies and pop culture that don't hold up that way. It was like because it was able to occur in space, where it was like you know. <laughs> A long, uh, but, you know, galaxy far away, a long time ago, all that stuff, where it just kind of did its own thing, and then, even yeah. Steve, even the way that's worded, that's the very first thing that comes across. Like you're like, wait, a long time ago, wait, what? So like, it's not even the same <laughs> time frame as now, and you're like in a galaxy far, far away. Like I have no idea of time and space at this yeah. point in time, so it's disorienting. And, and then it starts episode four. You're like. Whoa! I missed a whole lot of stuff, but this this is this is interesting. So, and I think, and I have to go look. Maybe I imagine this or something that there there is footage to your point about Darth Vader. I think there's test footage out there without James Earl Jones's voice. Yeah, and well, you're like, all... oh my god, this would this it would have been so hokey. Like, That's what it, I'm talking about, Steve. It's it would have been this... like it, the whole movie would have been a totally different movie without his because. Voice. He actually, I mean, James or David Prowse, the guy that was the the body for Vader, like he did all the lines, so the actors knew what to play off of. So then you watch like the actual set footage, and you hear this British dude, and you're like, "Wow, that's definitely not Vader." Like, <laughs> that's and then, not and tough then, and intimidating yeah, at all. But it, yeah, it it changes the way you things would happen. But and my problem is, Steve, is that I was we were raised on. I still have the VHS copy of the one we taped off of hbo and Mm -hmm. it still has the the part where where obi-wan's fighting vader before he succumbs to to vader where he puts the where Mm -hmm. there's like a frame and a half in there where you can clearly see the stick that al guinness is holding where like they didn't (laughs) rotoscope it so like i it has all these little imperfections that they've gone back and glossed over but i have a soft spot for that kind of stuff like i'm pretty sure the one that we have i don't have a vcr right now so i can't check it but it might be as close to the original theatrical version that you can get because you can't get them anymore. Lucas, right? Because you have the, to, yeah, the, all the redos and yeah. the pawn <laughs> shot first, whatever. Like <laughs> exactly. I got. We were watching it today, and it just happened to be the part where where he sits down with Greedo, and I said to Aaron, I said, "This is a fundamental part about the character of who Han is," and she goes, "What the hell are you talking about?" And I was like, <laughs> "He shoots first, and then I watched it, and it was the special edition where Greedo shot first, and she goes, "He didn't shoot first. and I was like, "Oh God, damn it." <laughs> And then I had to explain it to her, and she goes, "Wow, that is yeah. like the nerdiest thing you've ever said to me." And you said some nerdy things, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I know." So. And just the way they it, like, you felt like you're like at that closing scene of of uh, a New Hope, right, with the the Darth Vader Obi Wan lightsaber battle. Like mm-hmm. the way they shot that scene, like you feel like that that spaceship is massive. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like the way they shot. Like they're in one area, and then all of a sudden they're running out to a ship, and that ship's going to take off and fly out of this big, 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, Death Star or whatever. Like, it's just it, it's just crazy the way they did all the little things right so that you were just immersed in that experience. Yeah. So, good on, good on them. Um, I agree. And then uh, we were watching Force Awakens. Eh, it has some moments. I, I, I like some of the stuff in it. I, do, mm-hmm. I still think I still think Kylo's too whiny. I, and I didn't like the way Han went out. But there's a whole discussion to be had about the scene with him and, and Kylo slash Ben Kenobi or Ben Solo on the bridge where, spoiler alert, Han Solo gets killed. It, it, it does look like he guides his hand to a certain extent. And they're talking about I, there's something I need to do and I don't have the strength to do it. And then he kind of goes out nobly. And then Aaron just looks at me. She goes, oh, you didn't tell me freaking Han Solo died. And I was like, oh, uh, my bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, had, she hadn't watched the whole thing. We turned oh, it wow. back. We turned it back on when we got back from that food festival. And it was right during The Force Awakens, like right at that moment. And I just was kind of watching it. And she goes, oh. Han Solo dies? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> probably, Come on. Probably, that movie came so. out like four years ago, didn't it? Oh, yeah. At least. At least. Because, I mean, last, that, cause... last Jedi was like a year and a half, two years ago, wasn't yeah. it? There, the new so. one's coming out, what, this year? Yeah. Probably December. They were real notorious about putting everything out right at Christmas. All right. It's just, it's like John Wick and comes out during May, like right, right around my birthday, where right. it's like, what do you want to go see? And I'm like, I want to go see friggin' John Wick John or Wick. a giant, mon- giant monster movie, one or the other. So, yay. All right. So, um, if you're new to this podcast, <laughs> we kind of jumped right into Star Wars on this. And uh, um, anyways, I simply said, I had may, the, pl- may the fourth be with you. That's all I said. Yeah. yeah. And then we went off on a tangent, which we do. So, um Anyways, what what I had kind of planned out for this episode, and and we don't, I, I want to keep going on this kind of movie discussion, and 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 but in my head we were going to talk about Pennsylvania, right? Because I was sure. uh, a week and a half ago, I was up, and I think we might have mentioned this last episode. I was up uh, hanging out with Chris up in Philly, and then our sister who lives in, in Pittsburgh, and we're all we're all from northwestern Pennsylvania. Uh, grew up in Erie, now we're all kind of spread all over. Uh, Chris in Philly, uh, sisters in and. Pittsburgh, and I'm out here in Seattle. So it was great to get back. It had been a couple of years since I was in Pennsylvania. Uh, but I was back on the East Coast in D.C. this week for work. And on the way back, I actually got to watch movies. I never watch movies on the airplane because I typically work. But it was a Friday night. It was a long week. And, you know, it was an evening flight. And I was like – and there was no and there was no Wi-Fi on the plane, right? So I had to watch, had to watch movies. So I watched two movies. And um, – the one I watched, and this and this this ties into Pennsylvania, but I don't know if you've seen this one, but if you if you have, I want to talk about it, which was was Glass. I have not. I have okay. not watched it yet, but I, I I know what happens in it. I don't. Okay. When it when it comes to certain things, I don't give a crap about spoilers, and it's like Marvel, and that, that, okay. that's basically where the list ends. Like All if right. it's done well, I don't I don't care about. Spoilers. All right. So I hadn't seen Split, but I've seen Unbreakable. Uh-huh. And I didn't right. realize that it was a trilogy, right? Well, it split doesn't present itself as that until the very, very, very end. Like at okay. the end, spoiler alert, at the end of split, there's a scene where it shows Bruce Willis's character as whatever his name, David. David. Uh, yeah. David is. What does he go by? The, what is the name? The Overseer? Is that what it, it is? Overseer, yes. Is that what it is in Glass? Like That's what I mean. I've read. It got spoiled for me accidentally. Like I was reading something else and it spoiled it for me. And I was like, all right, well, I already know what happens now. So I might as well. And I read like a critical analysis of it. So I'll watch it. I, I support anything M. Night does just because he's a local dude. And it's all. Right. All so of, he's, he's, yeah, he's like Philly area guy. Yeah. 
sets almost all of his movies in Philly. All of them. All of the, them were set in Philly, except yeah, the, the last Airbender or whatever. <laughs> right, right. The challenge I have is that movie <laughs> Glass was awful. Like That's it was. What I heard. I like. I almost wanted to turn it off. I'm watching this. I'm like, is this really happening? And then I'm thinking, I was like. M. Night Shyamalan hits home runs or he strikes out horribly. It's Major League Baseball right now. Steve, if you've been following <laughs> baseball at all, it, it, home runs are up and strikeouts are up. Like, it's literally just home runs and strikeouts, and that's M. Night's career. Like, you have these great ones like Unbreakable and Signs. The original and, Unbreakable was awesome. Six was Sense, awesome. awesome. Signs sense. I liked. Signs was really good. Then you have The Village. Swing to this, the the lady. The, <laughs> what was it? The the lady in the lake or the lady lady in the water? The one where Bryce Dallas Howard was like a water nymph. Yeah, that yeah. swinging a swinging a miss on that one. Last Airbender, <laughs> right. uh, swinging a miss. I want the visit wasn't bad. Like that was the one that he did about the two kids get sent to go live or stay with their grandparents for a weekend, mm -hmm. and it turns out that their grandparents are crazy. Yeah. That wasn't bad. It was creepy. It was. M Night making you uncomfortable, which he's good at doing. He's yeah, he's yeah. A, there's moments where I think he's a really really good director, and then there's pro, there's I sometimes I question it, but he's a good director. Like how am I yeah. say, well, who am I to say that <laughs> but, <laughs> he's not? But if you look at it, so I looked this up, right? So if you look at his and and you know take Rotten Tomatoes what it is, right? So just we'll, we'll use that as kind of a litmus test because I think it it holds true. Maybe it's not you know 100 percent accurate. I I don't. I don't adhere to that, but okay. All right. Well, so his first first movie, Praying with Anger, I think that was pre-Rotten Tomatoes. Wide Awake, 40%. Six Sense, like 86%. Right? Sorry. So, yeah. Six Sense, great movie. Unbreakable, 70%. Signs, 73%. The Village, 44%. <laughs> Lady in the Water, 25%. The Happening, 18%. The Last Airbender, 5%. <laughs> I forgot about I forgot about the happening. I forgot about that movie because Steve, I it was originally called the Green the Green Effect or something, and it was one of those ones that I had gotten my hand on a script before they had even gone to production. And I was I was back when I was first learning screenwriting, so I was reading as much as I could get my hands on, and I got it. And the way it was written was really good. Like it was it was a it was a tense script. And then you see the movie, and then you're like, wait, I'm supposed to be afraid of the wind? And then you're... <laughs> the opening's great. The, the whole idea of a, a biological agent causing a natural biological agent released by Mother Nature to, to combat the problem of overpopulation of humans is a great, a great idea. And the first, however long it is, when they're all, all the people are committing suicide, is some horrific imagery. So you're like, okay. And then you get Mark Wahlberg just phoning it in. It's like just not even, <laughs> not even caring and, tr and just not believable as like a high school, a high school teacher. And yeah, I completely forgot about that movie, which yeah. is probably a good thing. And then the last airbender 5%. And the thing with the last airbender is like, that the animated show and the story, like it, I don't know if you sure. ever watched the the mm. actual cartoon. I have um, not. Bro, Brody would love it. It, it is great. Like, it is from a from a cartoon perspective. I love that show. Like the 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 storytelling. There's some good humor in it. It, it, it it's it's great. 
So you have you have a foundation of a very good story. Sure. Right? You have a, and a good character and a, a good built concept. In, and a built in fan base. Yeah, and then just to destroy it like that was awful. <laughs> The funny, the funny thing is, Steve, like pretty much all of the stunt guys that I became friends with in the Philly area, like doing indie film and stuff, mm-hmm. are all were all stunt guys on that movie, and they thought it was going to be like their big break. Like, oh, they're really? all. <laughs> if you look at their IMDb's, it all says like stunts, a stunt court or coordinator, assistant stunts, and they're all so super proud. And then you saw yeah. the movie, and yeah, so. <laughs> and the car- and the cartoons and then and then they brought it back like they brought like but there was an original I think it was two seasons maybe three seasons of the original because there the the idea of the last Airbender is there are like that's a that's a title like right. you get become an Airbender and then there have been different ones over the years and they come from one of four different regions right for, for the four different elements and and anyways like you have waterbenders and all that but they yeah. become you know the uh, um. They don't call it the last airbender, but they call it like there's a there's a master of the elements that can master all four and that kind of lead it. And those change over time. And Aang is the one in the really good series. And then it goes on to like his children and stuff like that. So, again, built in fan base. <laughs> the story's already mapped out for you. All you got to do is hit nail it with the movie. And that one, that one flopped. Yep. Um, so, so after, gonna after Earth, it flopped. Yeah, so we're going to miss. After, after Earth, after Earth one, swing and the miss. And then the visit you mentioned. I haven't seen the visit. It's not bad. It's quirky. It's super low budget. So you know, modest. Split sounds like that was good. Now yep. was um, the same guy that was uh, James uh, McAvoy as as the Beast. Yeah. Well, they Th- don't. That dude. I haven't seen Split, but he in Glass was amazing. Um, dude, amazing. Like that's one of the things that I didn't particularly like James McAvoy all that much. Like he was really good in Last King of Scotland. He was good in Wanted, even though Wanted had some serious problems. Um, I didn't particularly like him though. I didn't like him as young Charles Xavier, probably because of my affinity towards Patrick Stewart. But when I watched Split. And you see him so casually shift between each one of these personas. And each one of the personas are a well-rounded character that immediately, without even doing an accent, just by mannerisms alone, can convey what character he is at that point in time. Like, that is masterful, masterful yeah. acting. And he so. did it. He did it phenomenal mm-hmm. in in in, uh, in Glass. Like, well, Steve, I was like they watching. Don't... And, and Samuel L. Jackson was good. Yeah. Like Samuel Jackson's great. He's a natural treasure. I, yeah. I love And I'm love watching Samuel. this, I'm just like, why is this so awful? Like it should yeah. be better. That glass and, or and, sp- split is great. Like they don't reveal the superhero-ness until the very, very end. Like he doesn't do anything like crawling up the walls or anything. Like he doesn't do any of that to the very end of the movie. Like that's it it's basically just like a a, a girl get, he kidnaps a girl. One of the mm-hmm. girls that I, I assume is in glass, but he kidnaps him and then she starts kind of trying to break him down psychologically and then it evolves from there and then at the very end it's the reveal that this last persona is this character called the beast and that's when he's like climbing up a wall like a spider and you're like whoa that is creepy as hell but that's it steve like it's probably the last 15 20 minutes of the movie that you see that the rest of it's just a psychological profile of this character is his name kevin is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Yep. But that's, Kevin like, was it's like just the, the a, true guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the psychological profile of this kid and it's and it's captivating the watch. And then you add the 
the the bizarreness of the superhero or the supervillain, the beast at the end. And then you see Bruce Willis and it was like, oh my gosh, this is like a quasi sequel to Unbreakable. And then they announced Glass and I was like, this is going to be awesome. And then I read about it and I heard it was terrible. And then <laughs> could have been, it could, it was one of those like, it's like, it could have been so much better. Like it was yeah. like, why is this not good? Because it had all the potential to be good. The acting, like again, the the people, uh, the, does Bruce they did a good job with those characters? It was, I think, the story was flawed. Does Bruce mail it in though? He's yeah. been mailing. He's been mailing it in basically. Yeah, recently. probably. Like yeah. all those ones. Like besides McAvoy, like you said, McAvoy and and Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson are Jackson. great. But you need all three of them to be good. Who who are you rooting for? You're supposed to Bruce Willis, and if Bruce Willis looks like he's sleepwalking through the movie, then no, I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, he was he was okay, and I think they had the same kid that played his son in the original was back as an adult. Yeah, like, I, he's never seen yep. him in anything else. I don't think as an actor, but he, he was actually on Agents of Shield, and I recognized him. I was like, why does this kid look familiar? I looked it up, and I was like, <laughs> oh, he grew up. Like he, I mean, you could still kind of tell, but he's like a big, good-looking man now instead of like the awkward kid with like that bowl cut or whatever he had in the first <laughs> right. one but like the, those all shot in and around philly like i remember when glass was shooting they had to they closed yeah. down some streets and screwed my whole day up <laughs> and there and there's been like the the thing is with with pennsylvania right so it, it haven't been back there when i was up and seeing you a couple weeks ago is you know i Pretty, pretty nostalgic because I left, you know, I kind of moved sure. out of there shortly after college, lived in North Carolina, lived in the D.C. area, and now I live in Seattle. So I, I, and I go back occasionally, but I have, like, all of our family and friends are back there. Um, and there's a lot of things to like. I, Pennsylvania is very, very blue-collar, and it's really two – it's almost like two states, right? You've got <laughs> western PA where we're from and eastern PA where you live. And we talked about this on one of the other episodes. We talked about Sheets versus Wawa, and you've got, sure. you know um, – one of the things, and, and I was doing a little research before, like the idea of pop when you're talking about soda versus, pop versus, versus soda versus yep. soda. The line, if you look at any of the maps that talk about where the, the 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 language around soda and pop go, the divide is like slightly west of State College. So west yep. is pop, and the east is is soda. Steve, um, I got so destroyed by everybody from all of my friends are from. West or Eastern Pennsylvania, they're all from Philly and, and like South Jersey and stuff. I got destroyed to the point where I call it soda. I don't, I don't call it pop anymore. And like, I call it I, soda too. And I, and I, I went to school like in Indiana, I was like, right, it's right where the line is. Yep. But so many people that I went to school with were from Eastern, they everybody yep. called it soda. So I remember like just being chastised. I remember the first time I was like, hey, can you grab me a pop? And they're like, a what? And I was like, yeah, a pop. Like, can you grab me a Coca-Cola? And they're like, what do you call it? I was like, yeah. I, I didn't know that anybody else called it that before. Yeah. It's well, like the first time you you realize that people stand to wipe and people sit to wipe. <gasps> <laughs> so shocking. I Dude, I remember the first time I heard that and I was like, they do what? Yeah. Like, you just think about that. Like, I don't, I'm not going to reveal what I am and I don't expect you to do either, Steve, but... There's people, a large percentage of the population of the unit or of planet Earth are the opposite and don't understand that there's like, 
Right. My, how my, people are different. Yep. My mind blown. And it was the same thing with soda versus pop. And they're like, what are you calling it? And I was like, I'm well, calling it pop. And they're like, well, why do you, why don't you call it soda? I was like, well, it's soda pop. I can call it whatever I want. And they're like, yeah. but the first word is soda. Like you lose the second part. I'm like, well, soda is technically the carbonation that you put into it. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so if you go to uh, popversoda.com, there's a map. And it's actually, mm-hmm. it, the way they do it is brilliant, right? So it's a triangle. And at the top is soda, on one side uh, is pop, and on the other side is Coke, right? Because in the South, people will call soda or pop Coke. Regardless if it's Coke, Sprite, Mountain Dew, whatever, they go, can I get a Coke? The South is stupid. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, Southern listeners, if you're out there. <laughs> sorry. And the vast majority of it, it looks like it's pop, but the Northeast is soda, and California and, like, part of the Southwest is soda, and then there's a group like somewhere in between that looks like it's maybe in Iowa that's also so <laughs> it's it's a cool map you should go check it out popversoda.com so there's other kind of nuanced things about being from Pennsylvania that people outside of Pennsylvania don't relate to right so and even even in parts of Pennsylvania right so we were in northwestern Pennsylvania there's a couple of things there that I remember when I moved away for college and I didn't move far like I moved like two and a half hours to like you know, Indiana, Pennsylvania, which is in the kind of the, the eh. it's outside of Pittsburgh, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But I, I remember like growing up and people like people that aren't from the area will not understand this. But we grew up having uh, a meat product called Ox Roast. Are you familiar with remember yes. Ox Roast? Yes, Steve. Yeah. I, I've, I, sorry, I was coughing. I muted okay. myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I firmly and. You you talk about that to somebody who's never had it before, or that's not from our era. Dude, people don't know about pepperoni balls. That was the other one on my list. So I go to college. I'm a I'm I'm, I'm like I'm going to the grocery store for the first time. I'm going to order what I like. I go up at the Giant Eagle, which is the grocery store in that in, in that part part of Pennsylvania, and I go up to the deli counter like I have a hundred times in Erie, and I ask for ox roast, and they like you want what? I was like, ox roast. They're like, you want ox? I'm like, no, no, it's like roast beef and an au jus sauce. They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, all right. I'll just take some pepperoni balls. And they're like, what? Pepperoni balls. The big the Which big is basically sleeve. a donut, yeah. right? It's like a, a, a well, no, more like a pizza crust deep fried with like six pieces of pepperoni in the middle of it folded in the middle so the grease absorbs oh, into the bread so and it, you get the fork cross the cross hatching yeah, on yeah. the top which gets extra crispy what was the place that had like the sleeve you could get the big it was like a big remember the mr b's is where we used to go and get the seconds like they they made them for a bunch of the restaurants but then they would have the ones that they screwed up the and one mom would have us go down like we on tuesdays we could walk you, to there, right, from our, yeah, our house. Yeah, and you'd on, buy them by the street. bag yep. because they were the rejects. The and big like, All right, you got to go. Yeah. It was a big, it was a big like tin foil, aluminum foil sleeve that you yes. would get them. You would get them. In. All right, that's yeah. that, dude. People have no idea. I was like, it's kind of like pepperoni bread, except there's not an end. Like it's just a ball, and they're like, that makes no sense. And I'm like, and I it's, had it. But it's so good. My entire senior year of high school, Steve, that's what I had for lunch. I had three pepperoni balls, and I would take the bread off, and I would dip it in cheese. That was all I ate for lunch the entire senior year of prep. And And that's that's good, which is why, you know, maybe we have, like, Western Pennsylvania also has, you know, we've got some, you know, (laughs) we don't eat the healthiest, right? 
you know, um, sure. our grandparents were uh, on the Polish side were, were Polish butchers. <laughs> they, um, they, 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 they were, were not slender people. <laughs> they, they were big people. <laughs> yes, they were. Well, they, they're Polacks, man. You have to be bred for that Polish winter. You have, yeah, you have exactly, to be exactly. insul- insulated for that. And that's why they took the yeah. Erie well, really well. It's because yeah. it's probably a similar similar winter to good old Poland. So Yeah. And the other the other thing that people from Pennsylvania don't realize, and I believe it's changed, right? So it's been we lived in York when the kids were born, so fifteen years or so. Kids were born so fifteen years or so since I lived in Pennsylvania. Those were probably some of the more stricter blue laws of any state out there. And I think they've they've softened. But when I was in college and and, and, and when we were growing up and for those people who don't know, blue laws of what, like how they regulate um, the sale of alcohol in, yeah. in Pennsylvania. They call them the blue laws because on Sundays, you, well, I should take, take a step back. In Pennsylvania, you can only get liquor and beer from people that are licensed to sell it, right? So yeah. it's, gov- it's, it's state. Not anymore. So, so liquor, oh, it's not, it's not that way anymore. No, no you can get, like Wegmans has... Uh, beer and wine, but can't yep. sell hard liquor. Yep. Uh, they just signed a big thing for Wawa. The is going to start carrying, I think, beer and wine, mm-hmm. but not liquor. It's now they're starting to more separate it. Now you can get yeah, yeah. beer, but there, my my giant has a full liquor and beer and wine. Oh section. really? Oh yeah. yeah like, but that wasn't go, the case growing up. Oh, no, not at all. You had to get you had to get liquor and wine at an ABC store, and the ABC stores had hours and they weren't open on Sundays. And then beer by the case came from beer distributors also mm-hmm. not open on Sundays. And that was for buying more than 192 ounces of alcohol at a time, which was basically yep. a case. But then if you were a, if half of your revenue came from food, you were allowed, it was okay to sell <laughs> six packs, but you could only sell 192 ounces at a time, which I think equates to like three, six packs. Mm-hmm. So, you needed like a rubric to figure out. And if you in, you know, football being what it is in Pennsylvania, like if you forgot to buy beer for the football game, like you forgot to buy beer on Saturday and Sunday rolled around like, oh man, so I gotta go I gotta go drive to a bar restaurant. I gotta go inside, I gotta buy a couple of six packs, come out, go in and get more and it was a nightmare. So Steve just luckily a, just a unique state altogether with the way it operates. Where where we're from, we're only an hour and a half away from Ohio or New York. <laughs> that was the only nice place about being up in Erie. It's so right. close to those other two states that you can get around that if you necessarily want to. It's like we were close enough to Canada that every summer after my 18th birthday, we would drive up to Canada so we could go out to the bars and clubs and stuff and get hammered. <laughs> right. But people, other places don't understand that they're like wait you live that close to canada i was like yeah it was like an hour and a half two hours that i could just drive up there and get a crappy hotel room and go to the casino and do you know that nowhere else that i've ever been do people know what stag and drags are outside of like western pennsylvania outside of erie oh really yeah like people and like even pittsburgh i don't think mike our brother-in-law knew knew what a stag and drag was like for those who don't understand what a stag and drag is it's basically like a fundraiser for a wedding that basically you have, you can get like a, a special dispensation for the county that you're in, and you can sm- you can hold small games of chance. You can do raffles. You can play. You can actually gamble and stuff like that. So you basically get together. People donate food and beer and everything. You basically have a big party, and then all the money goes to the wedding. I told that. Yeah, to it's kind of like it's kind of like combining a bachelor party and a bachelorette party in the sure. one, right? 
Yeah, into a big, basically, fundraiser that they can use that for the wedding. Way before the wedding, yeah. Way before the wedding. I told it to someone when I was in college, and I was like, I don't know if I'll ever have a stag for my, my wedding. And they're like, a what? And they tell them, they're like, you have a fundraiser for weddings where you're from? And I was like, wait, you guys don't have that down here? Like, we come from such a sheltered... Erie is just such a weird, <laughs> weird place that when, once you yeah. leave your you, the culture shock that you feel... I remember when I when I first that first like month and a half, two months of acclimating to Penn State, like even that's still Pennsylvania and it's central Pennsylvania, so it still felt familiar, but not getting out of my hometown much when I was younger and then being thrust in that environment took a lot of <laughs> took a lot of acclimating. So. I think um when you add so maybe part of the podcast now going forward would be movies that we ought to make. So we already talked about Oranges and New Brown, which would be like a, a, a reboot of Major League, but for football and about the Browns. I Steve, think the well, other one would be Strag, Stag and Drag. Yeah. I don't know that we'd get Zach Galifianakis, Galifianakis and Bradley Cooper, but Stag and Drag could be a pretty cool that would be a good movie idea. concept. Just, but where's your audience going to be? Like, are you going to sell it just to Erie in Western Pennsylvania? Because I don't know if that that tradition exists anywhere else yeah but you could you could introduce people to it speaking of our oranges the new brown the the major major league football version did you see the punter that we signed the scottish no. hammer the scottish hammer the 6'2 215 pound punter who likes to hit he used to he used to play rugby the rugby guy and then the yeah. and, and and he like the like he popped four footballs four when he footballs. was kicking he bought he bought four regulation NFL footballs to train to to punt to train for punting mm-hmm. and he popped popped all four of them. I, I told That's it to awesome. all the guys that I talked to like now know me and they actually want to talk about the Browns and I brought up that story. They're like, "That's hysterical." I was like, "Dude, this is basically the NFL version of Major League," and yeah. they just started laughing. They're writing the movie for us. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Football can't all get right. here fast enough. Yeah. I so 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 let's get into let's get into movies for. Um, that again take place in Pennsylvania. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna read some of the uh, instead of maybe doing wait the top whoa whoa 10. whoa we're just doing take place yes because you originally said shot or take place that's just okay. it's gonna take away one of my stories that's all because right, it was well, a story you can you can you can tell it but well, no, I can, again, I'll, tell, I'll tell it now dogma it was shot in Pittsburgh and oh I yeah up, yeah I became friends with they're called the Stingian triplets you know what I'm talking about the Jason Lee's henchmen. That the, the skateboarding kids. Remember? Oh he's yeah, the, yeah, he's, yeah. So we're at a bar. It's when I was I had just graduated from college and I was living in Pittsburgh and Renfrey was like living across the street from me. We used to always go to this one place called the Deli to shoot pool. And so Renfrey comes walking over with this kid and he goes, "He'll know who you are." And I turn and look, and Renfrey goes, "Does this guy look familiar?" And I was like, "Wait, are you one of the stingy triplets from Dogma?" And this dude just started laughing, and he became like one of our. His name's Barrett Hackney. He became one of our best friends. He goes, "Dude, I've been out so many places, and no one ever recognized me. And you're the first person that actually knew what we were called." <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's... You know what? And that should have been on my list because, I, and it's, the the whole thing with that movie is, I really like that movie. Sure. And I had it on DVD, but it was one of the ones that got stolen, whatever, lost um, along the years. And it's out of print, right? Because, Is it really? Yeah. Well, it, it's because... Oh, it was because uh, it of was, the Weinstein thing? Well, and it's because it was a Miramax, and now it's Disney, and Disney wants nothing to do with it. Sure. Right? Yeah, because that, of that all makes the, sense. The, 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 because all the religious ramifications. So you hear Kevin Smith talk about it on Twitter and social media and stuff, and it's... 
Like you can't get it. Like it's out of print. That's it's not available on any of the streaming services. You can't buy it online. You can't do anything. Like it. Like they have. Like they have essentially killed that. It all, so I also, go when I go to the, like the thrift store and stuff. I look for a copy of it. I have. I have it on DVD. It also makes a good argument for the purchase of physical media. Like everybody talks about, well, yeah. like I just buy everything digitally now. I do a lot too, but there's certain movies. Like who knows if it'll ever just disappear like if the grid ever went down and it's like a nuclear zombie apocalypse or something and you're holed up i want to have stuff that i can watch not necessarily dogma probably but <laughs> <laughs> right but yeah that was and barrett was in my my buddy barrett the guy that was with the stingy dribble was also in adventureland which was it was based off of uh uh kennywood a, a th- yeah well no it was shot at kennywood it's based off a theme park that Greg Matola, the guy that wrote it, worked in in like upstate New York. But it was shot oh, at Ken- it. it was shot at Kennywood, and he's the. Do you remember that movie, Steve? Enough. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. The, Barrett's the stoner with the ponytail, the like kind of bug-eyed kid that was oh, always yeah, yeah. like. The okay. kid that, that's my friend Barrett. He hasn't. He's. I haven't talked to him since I left pittsburgh but he was he was a disaster as you as you would think most <laughs> most actors are so barrett if you ever get wind of this i hope everything's good bud nice but. well and i have Adventureland on my on my list right so that sure. it technically takes place in pittsburgh right yes yeah i mean i i think so i don't know if they ever actually say where it yeah. takes place because what what in my research i, I read that it's based off the place that Greg Matola worked at, but it was shot. It was shot at Kennywood. Yeah, and I think they re- refer to it. It's been a while since I saw it, but I, I like that yeah. movie. And and there are a couple others I'll highlight here. Um, and you know, I have this one on my 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 list. And I, don't, I, I because it was shot in Pittsburgh or it was shot in Johnstown, right? The Johnstown Chiefs. But now thinking back to it, was it just shot or was it actually in the movie Slapshot? Was it the Johnstown Chiefs? Yeah, no, it was it was the Johnstown Chiefs. I, okay. it, that was one of those ones that surprised me when I was actually looking through. I was like, wait, I don't remember that at all being referred to as in Pennsylvania. And I was like, yeah, it's supposed to be Johnstown. Oh yeah, I mean, because I, you know, because IUP Indiana Pennsylvania is real close to Johnstown, so they talked about sure. it in the Johnstown War Memorial, and all, that's where they filmed <laughs> a lot of the uh, the movie. And and Johnstown played against the Erie Blades, which was the Erie Amateur, uh, you know, yeah. IHL, which is now OHL hockey team. Are they the Otters still? Is that what they are? Yeah, now? they're still the otters now, but they still were the, the they were the blades at one point. Um, well, the, the speaking of Johnstown, Steve, that makes me it brings up another one that I don't really remember the movie all that much, but all the right moves. Yep. So I, that came up on my list, and I was like, "All right, why does Michael Chapman sound familiar?" And I looked up at his his director credits, and he hasn't done a whole lot directing wise. He only has like four credits. But Steve, did you ever look at what he was a cinematographer on? No. So the guy that directed All the Right Moves was the cinematographer of The Last Detail with Jack Nicholson, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, The Man, oh, with, nice. two, the man with Two Brains, Lost Boys, The Bad Music Video from Michael Jackson, Scrooged, Ghostbusters 2, Quick Change, Kindergarten, Kindergarten <laughs> Cop, The Fugitive, Space Jam, and Primal Fear. That is an astounding resume yeah. that I had. And no what was idea. he? He was a cinematographer. He was the, the director of photography. He was the cinematographer wow. that he, he he got his huge rise to fame is when he did uh, *Raging Bull* and *Taxi Driver* mm-hmm. with Scorsese, and then he just became friendly with Scorsese. He asked, he also did. Did you ever see the documentary called *The Last Waltz* about the band? 
the the band. Oh yeah, yeah. The I've, band. I've, I've seen parts of it. Yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. He's the director of photography on that too. Wow. Like one of the most accomplished. Like I know who Roger Deakins and all like the the main trendy ones now, but I had no idea he retired. This guy Michael Chapman retired. Mm-hmm. I want to. I think Bridge of Terabithia was his last movie, but retired a few years ago. But then I was reading it, and I was like, "Holy crap!" That's why he sounds familiar because right. of all these. Dude, Lost Boys, Kindergarten Cop, yeah, sign me up, man. You make you <laughs> it's make not good a tumor. stuff. Yeah, you make good stuff, man. That's the only reason I wanted to bring up. Yeah, all the right I, moves. Yeah, and I couldn't have told you. Like, I don't know that Pennsylvania was a huge backdrop in there, but that's probably been what thirty years since I saw sure. that movie. Steve, that's that's oh. a big part of that movie is he wants to get the hell out of i think it's called Ampipe is what they mm, the, the right. fictional town oh that they yeah make yeah up. yeah yeah okay that's the whole yeah. reason he gets mad because he lost his he gets blacklisted from the team because what does he fight craig t nelson or something like that but right that was the whole point it was shot in johnstown but he wants to get the hell out of Ampipe because i think like the factory closed or something so all the drought <laughs> right. like, you know what i mean like it, that's super pennsylvania yeah it has mm. a lot to do with Right. what the towns were going through at that point in, in the mid 80s so and, it, and i think it's rose mcgowan makes reference to it in scream she said we're gonna we're gonna rent all the right moves and if you if you pause it just right you could see tom cruise's penis <laughs> <laughs> that always makes me laugh and then uh so speaking of kevin smith zach and miri right that takes place <laughs> in pittsburgh yep that, that that's was why- interesting you know that's one of uh you know it's not an awful kevin smith movie by any mm-hmm. means um, no, it's not Geely. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Or no, Jersey Girl. Jersey Girl. Which, yeah, Jersey Girl. It's not one of those. Like, it, yeah. it made me laugh. Like, I, I really yeah. like, I like Elizabeth Banks and I like Seth Rogen. I bought yeah. one of those Monroeville Zombies sweatshirts, like the, the fictional. Oh, did you really? The fictional. And I lost it. It's some, someone stole it oh, or nice. I lost it over the course of the years. But yeah, no, that's, I, I enjoy those movies. It's Kevin yeah. Smith. He writes good dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was all a conversation. I think Jason Mewes was good in that one, too. Yep. Um, Katie Morgan, porn star. Back. I'm, I'm curious with the reboot, right? After kind of sure. Kevin Smith found, uh, you know, you know, had that scare with his yep. Widowmaker heart attack, lost a bunch of weight, and kind of re-centered himself. I'm kind of curious what he, what, he, what he puts out. So I, There just seems to be too many cameos, dude. Like, there's, there's every day it comes out as somebody else is back. And yeah, the yeah. problem with having that many characters... Uh, it can just feel like a cameo fest rather. Right, right. Knows? Yeah, I trust. Cam- cannibal run. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. isn't really a coherent story. It's just more of a... A, 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 com- or a, scene, cumul- of a scene of skits. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, or a, so, a, a, a stitching together a bunch of skits. Um, all right. So I uh, also have Philadelphia. Um, sure. And... Uh, I worked at UPenn. And that... The, 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 when I first moved to Philly, I was working for UPenn's Graduate School of Education in the the courtroom that they used for Philadelphia for the big trial scenes is the library at UPenn. I went, I went oh, there nice. specifically to look. I was like, Oh yeah, it definitely is. Hey, Tom Cruise <laughs> or not Tom Cruise. Tom Hanks cried his eyes out right there playing right. a di- dying AIDS patient. So eh, do you then, really gonna, are you ever going to watch that movie again? That's, that's the problem that I have with putting those like, yeah, they're great movies. Philadelphia is a great movie, yeah. but I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit down and crack no. open a bottle of wine and, cry for two hours no when i'm looking i'm looking through movies on the plane right through the like the things trying to figure out i probably spent 20 minutes i'm sure the people around me thought i was insane on this plane because i like i started a couple movies and i started and this goes back to what we talked about in one of our other podcasts which was 
I started Kill Bill, right? So we've talked about <laughs> Kill Bill on this podcast. And then I'm like, I cannot watch a Tarantino movie no, on the seat player. back in front of me. I started, I started Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill. I got like, I don't know. I, I be, they were opening the credits like, this is stupid. Like, this is not really like, – because they keep putting warnings on there like, hey, be considerate of the people around you. Yeah. I was like, well, then you can't watch Tarantino on an airplane. No. So I ended up no, watching um, Glass and oh, yeah. uh, a, much better a, star, call. a Star is Born. I heard that was good. Aaron watched that on the plane too without me, and now I can't watch it because I'm not watching it by myself. I'm gonna sit down <laughs> like a, on a Saturday night when everyone goes to bed and put that on and watch it by myself. I'm like, it nah, was, yeah, it was good. It was, good. it was, it was, it was entertaining. Lady Gaga was good. I mean, it, the story was Bradley Cooper. It was good. It was, yeah. You can see why it was good. Uh, and I'm sure the one with Chris Christopherson and um, uh, I don't even know uh, Meryl Streep. No, Glenn Close. I don't know. I'm not, betting, I'm not betting a dollar on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so here's so here's here's the controversial one we'll get to, right? So oh <laughs> you it, it probably uses Pittsburgh the most out of any movie, or uh, uh, but is it a good movie? Probably not. Striking Distance. <laughs> right, like, no, no, no. Now, it's, Willis was not. He was not phoning it in. Nope. No, that was that was Sarah, intense, Bruce Willis. Sarah Jessica Parker. Was you know, adorable, on she the was. boats zipping around the three rivers. Like is that is that Tom Sizemore too? Is he the bad guy? Is yeah, he, yeah. His, Tom his Sizemore and before the, before all of his cocaine and crack and heroin ha- problems, he was actually yeah, a yeah. pretty pretty good actor. And the dad from uh, Frasier, John. Um, oh yeah, what the hell is his name? The dad. He's in. Uh, he was the dad didn't say anything. Oh, he just died like a yeah, year yeah. ago. I don't remember. <laughs> All right, Steve. Do you want to know who directed your this striking, striking distance? distance? Yeah, you want to know? Sure. Rowdy Row, Rowdy Harrington. Do you want to know what Rowdy Harrington also directed? <laughs> I give up. The the greatest testosterone movie ever, Roadhouse. Oh man. Yeah, I, I was really? like, wait. I, I looked at the director and I was like, Rowdy Harrington. Is that the guy that and I clicked on it? And all of a sudden. Patrick Swayze's beautiful quaffed mullet popped up and it just says Dalton and I was like oh he did he did, yeah. did. he directed That's another one that I really like that I really like James Spader and he made this movie called Jack's Back about they thought somebody was like the reincarnation of Jack the Ripper it's like it's not a good movie but I really like James Spader and he plays like identical twins in it but he directed the same thing but that's I have that written down solely that I can bring up the fact that the guy that directed Striking Distance also directed Roadhouse. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Then and then you have Night of the Living Dead. Sure, all those, right. all the dead yeah. movies, all the dead movies. Because um, was it uh, Romero, George Romero? Romero? George Romero. George Romero actually lived in the same neighborhood I did in in Pittsburgh. Nice. I actually knew where his house was. Steve, the, I don't want to tell the story, but I worked with his son, and he's a dick (laughs) (laughs) i just i had i had an encounter with him it it really like it almost ruined the filmmaking Mm. industry for me just because i was like dude you're not your dad you don't get to act like you don't (laughs) get to act like that and his dad was super nice like he wasn't but yeah like i'm a i'm a donor to save the the mausoleum from the original one there's a whole oh, nice. there's a whole Facebook group that they were getting ready to tear it down to like build something else. They were going to relocate the whole cemetery, and there became like this coalition, yeah, to save it because it technically is a national a historic site because that movie was made what in the fifties, fifties or sixties, 
What was the original Night of the Living Dead? I don't know. I'm looking it up, though. It, it, dude, it was it was a long, long time ago, and it was... It, it's also one of the ones that it's the it's the poster child for making sure you renew your copyrights. Did you know, Steve, that that's why like you see it on TVs and stuff in movies and TV so much is because someone forgot to redo the copyright on the <laughs> living dead. And it, 1968, it, it fell into public domain. Mm. So you can, you could use it in anything without having to get clearance or rights or yeah, it's, it's, it's in the public domain. For something. You can right. use it in anything you want, Steve. Like there's, I, it became one of those ones that it becomes a running joke now. It's like anytime someone's watching a horror movie in a in a movie or television show, and you see Night of the Living Dead, you're like, yeah, they just wanted to save money. <laughs> They're being cheap. <laughs> yep. All right, um, moving along, and 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 this one, you know, the, the the next one on my list here, I had to do. So you know, I took a film class in college, and I had to do like this extensive paper on Peter Weir. Okay. Um, I don't know that that I could recognize anything that Peter Weir made after I was in college, but at the time, <laughs> you know, uh, Witness, and yep. he did a bunch of stuff with Harrison Ford. Um, oh man, the one where they was it when they go to the Congo or whatever. But anyway, so Witness about the uh, with Harrison Ford in it's Pennsylvania Dutch country. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Tillis was it Meg Tillis, the one that was from uh, Ke- um, Kelly Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis, sorry. Did I say Meg Tillis? Yeah, I was like, what are you talking no, about? Kelly, from uh, Top Gun. Yeah, that was yeah. before she was famous. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, takes place in, in Pennsylvania Dutch. And the funny thing about Pennsylvania Dutch is, and not to get too nerdy and too Cliff Clavin on everybody, but it, they call it Dutch not because they were from Amsterdam or <laughs> they were, it, it's for Deutsch, they were German. They were German. Pennsylvania yeah. Germans and Deutsch and German the same thing. So they shorten it. It's called Pennsylvania Dutch. So think about how think about how weird the Amish seem to the outsiders. Like we get used to them because we see them all the time. Like there's mm-hmm. a big there's a big component of Amish people outside of Erie yeah. that they always bring their homemade furniture and stuff into Erie and there's like a I think there's a big storefront that they can sell it and stuff like that but think about people that have never seen them before dude I remember I remember I always tell the story the first time I ever saw an Amish person I thought I was seeing a ghost I was like <laughs> does everyone see this girl and they're like what are you talking about and I was like there's a girl that's dressed like it's like you know 1824 yeah. and she's wearing like a bonnet and stuff and they're like right. dude that's an Amish person I was like oh so right. you see her too it's not a ghost and they're like no you moron I was like oh and which is explain. why the village works thank you M. Night Shyamalan yeah yeah sure okay. it works you want to you want to hit you, you want to hit your wagon to do it. I'm trying to do a callback joke there where we talk about M. Night Shyamalan anyways yeah, yeah I got all it. right let's go uh, keep going here um and this one didn't show up like when you, I did some Googling around of movies in Pennsylvania. And it didn't show up on the list. I was like, this is probably one of the, So now I'm getting into my like, my top six, right? Yeah. Jack Reacher the, it takes place in Pittsburgh. Like, yeah. It is, it, like, it, the story is centered around Pittsburgh. It's A lot of it, I think, is filmed in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And the original Jack Reacher, like, you know, it's one of those guilty Tom Cruise pleasures. Like, it Why is, is not. I don't find it. I don't, I don't think it's an awful movie. I, like, no, I would watch a, it if it was on. That is a damn great movie, Steve. That's Christopher McQuarrie. That's the guy that wrote Usual Suspects and the new Mission Impossible movies. Like that dude's a quality screenwriter yeah. and a quality director. That's a great movie. The only problem that I have with I read a lot of the Jack Reacher books. The only problem is is he's supposed to be bigger. 
That's all. Like the only problem, <laughs> the, the only qualm that I have with that movie is my my loyalty to the character of Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher should look like The Rock. Should be six five. Should be two hundred and sixty pounds and scared the living <laughs> shit out of everybody in the room when he walks in. So when right. he's that, plus how cunning and 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 smart and intuitive and and ruthless that. He is that makes him even, but Tom Cruise does a damn good job portraying that same lethality. But he's just not without physically. being without being massive, without yeah. being physically imposing. Like that's the only, like literally the only problem that I have with that because it is it's really good. I like the second one too. The second one does such a smart thing in this chase sequence that it keeps making reference points so you don't get lost. I know we, I know you're not talking about that one, but. Right. It, the the first one I've watched a surprising amount of time. Like they shoot that right over the what is that the Roberto Clemente bridge, the one yeah. where, where, where he jumps out of the moving car and then goes and stands with a bunch of people and they give him like the hat to put on and it just kind of ghost rides. That's right in front of <laughs> PNC Park, right at right at the, right, the Roberto Clemente the bridge, bridge yeah. right down there. And the scene where they they try to get the girl to to. Like so, they have a reason to fight him. That is at Mario's. That's at um, Mike O'Hara. Mario Lemieux. No, 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 no. Mike O'Hara's best, one of his best friends from high school, is this kid named Lou, named Lewis, and his parents own a place called Mario's in Southside, and that's that bar. That, that that's the bar that they shot at was oh, nice. his his family's bar. But then the the fight sequence that's right out, and I think it's in the flats right outside there. Where he goes outside and he beats like the seven, six or seven dudes up, like right in a row. That's that's all shot right in and around Pittsburgh, right in the south side. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah. We talked about Adventureland already. Um, mm-hmm. So above that, um, on kind of the third spot of my list here, going up from the bottom. So actually, yeah, it'd be number th- number four, I guess. Um, Kingpin. Like, <laughs> It's a guilty pleasure, but I, oh man, you don't. The, the, see, one of my all-time favorite lines, and you know what? I don't have my uh, I don't have my audio computer hooked up because I actually downloaded it to play. Is it's one of my all like it makes me laugh every time. It's up there with um, uh, the Pink Panther, where, where Peter Sellers is doing the uh, parallel bars, yep. and he and he goes down the flight of stairs. The scene where Woody Harrelson sitting in the bar, and it's it, like, and you could see. Um, um, Oh, the Amish guy, the the other Randy, main character, in Randy Quaid. Yeah, Randy Quaid on one side, and a complete stranger on the other side. And Woody Harrelson looks at the stranger on the other side of him, at you know, <laughs> complete silence. He's like, "Who are you calling a psycho? Who are you calling psycho?" <laughs> I used to do that in college. Just when we'd be sitting at a bar, and it would be too quiet, or there would be like a part where like yeah. a, the jukebox would stop before it started playing the next song, and I was sitting next to somebody, I would oh, I would lean over and I would like tap. One of my friends would go watch this, and I would just turn and go, who are you calling psycho? And they would just immediately get up and walk away. And I'm like, here, I got you a chair. Yeah, so but, so many good scenes in that in that movie. What, what know, is it about? around Pennsylvania. And bowling is big in Pennsylvania. I don't sure. find that bowling is quite as big. It's a Midwest. Bowling is obviously a Midwest uh, snow belt type of activity. But what, what is it about good sex that makes me have to take a crap? <laughs> 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 who did it? So uh, give me some. I, I know you. I know you know all those. So who did? Like it's the Farrelly brothers. The fa- okay, they're right. right, right it's, yeah. yeah, it's there's something about Mary. I, I'm pretty sure. Like it's one of those ones that I. 
Woody Harrelson is so funny. Bill Murray is so funny. Randy oh Quaid, my God. before he lost his mind and is now living yeah. in. Yeah, it's the Farrelly brothers. They directed was he Ezekiel? It. What was, oh man, what was his character's name? Uh, Ishmael. Zachariah? Ishmael. Ishmael. <laughs> Ishmael. And it also, Amish. I had such a crush on Vanessa Angel growing up, the girl that played, uh, whatever, Cla- Claudia. Remember when she goes and she goes to get the, the beers out of the fridge to distract Woody Harrelson and she comes back and her nipples are hard and then Randy Quaid goes and does the same thing and he comes out and oh his my nipples God. So good. This is so Wait, good. wasn't that, um, wasn't Elizabeth Hurley in that too? Or no. No. No, no, no. It was it was uh, Vanessa Angel. She was when they did a weird science TV show. She was the girl that played Lisa. Oh right, yeah. yeah he, don't, right. he don't even Chris have his Elliot legs. Was in it. He don't even have his legs, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> me Keith Munson. All right, um, real Munson. We don't need to go to this one in in detail because we did a whole episode on Groundhog Day. Yeah. Um, but another good Pennsylvania movie. Um, you know, probably now the next two, we're going to go east and west here. We'll start with the with east. And I don't know if there's any uh, more quintessential Philadelphia movie. I mean, like, there's a statue of Rocky, <laughs> right? Was it in front of the, the art, art museum? Art museum. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is uh, as Philly as, 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 as a backdrop, as a character, as, as everything. I mean, and, and Rocky as a... You know, not just one movie, but as a character, as a you know, as an arc, and and some movies are better than others, but you know, you, you it'd be hard pressed to say that Rocky's not, a, and the original Rocky too is not a good movie. Like it's just a sure, like yeah, one of the greatest greatest movies ever right, made. Yeah, right. sure, it's Rocky, right? And it's it's ebbed and flowed, but it's 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 quintessential. You think of Philadelphia when you think of that, uh, when you think of Rocky. Yeah, I'm trying to. We always make a joke that there's who's the boxer from Philly that is one of the greatest boxers of all time. I think it's Joe Frazier. Mm. Hold on, is one of the greatest? No, ah, crap. Who the hell is the boxer from Philly that we always make, we always make a joke that one of the greatest boxers of all time is from Philadelphia? Yet we have a we have a statue to oh, a oh, fake oh, one. Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier. Wait, was born in South Carolina, oh. moved to Philly in 1959. Okay, so he lived At here most 15, of his life. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. so literally of, one of the greatest fighters of all time, and there's a statue of a, of a fake an actor. Dude. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's touristy. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? When you drive past the art museum, it's all tourists taking pictures. Like, yeah. no, no self-respecting Philadelphian will go up there and take their picture right. with that statue anymore. But, I mean, even when they came back for Creed, like, there's the sequences when he's training with Rocky and he's running through the streets of Philadelphia. Like those of us that live in that city or near that city and have been in that city enough, like that's Philly as hell. When he starts running and all the four wheelers start running with or driving with him and they're all popping wheelies and like, that's (laughs) that, that's Philly, man. I've been in, I've been in situations where you're driving your car and all of a sudden you just get swarmed by ATVs and motorcycles. You're just like, Oh crap, roll roll them up. And you're just sitting sitting there for a second. And then they drive off. Off. They don't really cause any problems, but it's just like that kind of Wild West mentality. But that's it's Philly as hell. Yep. And then and then the last movie on my list to talk about and just bring brings it all home for you and I, right? Which is probably the only movie where like the large chunk of the beginning of the movie is set in our hometown in yep. 
the backdrop, even though it wasn't filmed there, they talk about stuff Parts of it were. from there. What? Parts of it were. They shot at the uh they, they shot at the Warner. Because oh, they, they want they wanted the actual facade because the Warner Theater is beautiful. It's this no, old this yeah. old historical theater in Erie that they did a really good job of keeping up over the years, and then did an amazing job right. refurbishing it. I think yeah. one of our friends got married there. I think it was Baytal got married there, and it's at the Warner go- Theater. That's, that's where our prom was. Um, it's gorgeous. So the movie for the for the listeners out there. So we're of course talking about that thing you do the yeah. the Tom Hanks movie, which was. Tom Hanks is, I believe, it was his first screenplay. It was it, right? Yeah, it was his. He wrote it. Um, he directed it. Uh, yeah. He's trying to find someone to direct it, and they're like, "You should direct it." Yeah. Um, there's a whole, there's a thing, and I'll post a video on this on on Twitter. There's a whole kind of behind the scenes where they talk, where they interview Tom Hanks. And he talks about it and interview the cast, and they talked about how you know they cast the band. Uh, of the wonders or the the O'Neaters, the O'Neaters um, <laughs> of the wonders, but it was also loosely based on some bands um, that that actually existed in Erie, right? So one of one of the guys and um, and and a family that that I knew in high school that was in the prep band, right? So um, their dad was uh, in a band called Orange Colored Sky, and Orange Colored Sky was one of the bigger bands to come out of Erie, and they played. They opened for the Beatles. They were in some of those universal pictures as like the band on the beach, just like the Wonders were. Okay. Um, so it's it's kind of, I would say it's not based on them, but it, there was some 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 parallels to sure. the Wonders with with Orange Colored Sky, which is actually again a, a band from Erie that had you know some moderate success, but was not not the level like the Wonders were in the in the show. Um, one of the other things too, when you watch this this little you know like maybe fifteen minute featurette that talks about the making of that thing you do is, um, uh, what's his name the the guy who played the drummer Tom Tom Scott Tom yeah Tom Everett Scott Tom Everett Scott is he looks a lot like Tom Hanks like he has manner like just and and one of the reasons it, Tom Hanks didn't want to cast him was it felt like it looked too much like him. And then um, Rita Wilson, his wife, is like, "No, you should cast him. He's good." So, yep. Well, uh, as strong as the rest of the cast is, the, the movie is made by Steve Zahn. I, I don't know if it's just because I love Steve Zahn so oh my damn God, much, he but he's got some lines in that movie that still to this day will make me laugh. And if people haven't seen the movie, if you have any kind of soft spot for Steve Zahn at all, it's worth it just for for him alone in that movie. So. He he was great, and then um, uh, what, what, Ethan uh, God Ethan, the guy, Ethan Embry, Ethan Ethan Embry, he doesn't bassist. even have a name. Nope. Like he doesn't even have like he barely says anything in the whole movie. He doesn't even have a name. I think they I saw somewhere where they call him uh, TBP, like the bass player is the like they player. credit him because <laughs> he's like. He doesn't actually have a ton of uh, speaking lines, but he like it was just good. It was it, it it played out that story of kind of what 1960s, the way the music industry worked, the way you know people follow their dreams with music, and sure. and for me the, the fact that it was like you know like just even the, again the the scenes where they're in downtown Erie, which again I have vivid memories of. They captured that, even though they didn't film it near. I think they captured, did a lot of looking, they did a lot of set design, mm-hmm. looking looking like a blue collar town in the 1960s. And you could be, you know, a bunch of guys from a from a small school that or from a small area that put a band together, 
get discovered and, and get on the radio and become and become huge. So uh, probably my favorite. And again, you know, with us being from Erie, a little bit more, yeah. a little bit more sentimental because it, it backed up to our, our hometown. Um, That's actually and, the first uh, one I wrote down. I don't know if I would put it on the top of my list. Like I didn't. I don't really do lists for these. I just kind of write yeah. down a bunch of stuff so I could bring it up. But the thing you do is the first one that I wrote down, just because yeah. it's it's in our hometown and there's not a lot that happens there. So, no, there's there's notable things. So there's a couple other things about. As, as we, is there anything else you want to talk about? I have a couple other things I want to wrap up on. Talk about Pennsylvania. Just two other ones I think you missed is there's a movie called Wonder Boys with with Michael Douglas and uh, Tobey Maguire and Robert Downey Jr. as his as his literary agent where uh, Michael Douglas like gets his side chick knocked up and he's like a he's like a struggling screenwriter and toby mm-hmm. Dwyer plays this like sheltered completely lonely young writer who's really really talented and it's all about a weekend at, but it was all it was all shot at like duquesne and, and pittsburgh and right in my neighborhood but it's it was directed by curtis hansen is the guy that did eight mile and la confidential oh, nice. stuff but it's re- it's really it's a good it's a good movie that just kind of gets lost to the echoes of time but if you like pittsburgh centered stuff and michael douglas is great in it and so so is robert downey jr they play such a good one of my favorite things to do in public when i'm out with aaron when i'm out with my wife is we play what's the story where you point at somebody and you have to make up this elaborate backstory just based on superficial what they look like to you so i remember that that's where i got it from was the movie wonder boys it's because they play it out and they're all drunk and (laughs) him it's it's two great actors it's robert downey jr and michael douglas just playing this game of what's the story and then toby Maguire chimes in with like this perfect one and that's how they kind of bond but that's another one that i put up there and the only other one it, it surprises me that it was i don't remember it being set in pennsylvania did you know my girl was no. The, the Macaulay Culkin one? Yeah, it was set in Madison, Pennsylvania, which is like right by Altoona, if I'm if I'm mistaken. But oh, Dan, wow. a- Dan Aykroyd's business, his more his mortuary business is in Madison, Pennsylvania. Well there you go. You can't see I without his that. can't see without his glasses. No, I didn't I, I didn't either. It was one of those ones that I saw it. I was like, Really? I thought it was somewhere more southern, but I guess Madison, Pennsylvania would feel like the deep south because <laughs> you're in the yeah, middle of right. The the joke is that it's Pennsylvania, man. Anything outside of the greater Philadelphia and Pittsburgh area is very, very rural. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. I'm not going no, to that. Dude, I, I double-checked it. It was yeah, really, I, it, it. it surprised me, and so I had to do some legwork and found out it was in Madison, yeah. Pennsylvania. And, I, didn't know where, I didn't know where Madison, Pennsylvania was either. So I have no idea. Hmm. And so, and I hesitate to bring, no, I shouldn't say I hesitate to bring it up, but, you know, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, is yeah, growing up, I was a huge, huge fan of Bill Cosby. Like, <laughs> Fat Albert, the the Cosby Kids, the yeah. whole thing, all the records and everything, right? And, and you know, it's a, it's a shame that he's such a crappy human being because... You know, some of his art was really good, and I, you know, again, Fat Albert took place in in and around Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cosby was from Philly; he was a big, you know, very visible as a Temple alumni and all that. Yeah. But it sucks. I don't like to give credit to anybody that you know has, is is shitty like that. Um, but you know, <laughs> when you're thinking of Pennsylvania, that's uh, 
It's hard to it's hard to not think about Bill Cosby in Philadelphia. Uh, we're talking about Pennsylvania. I don't know if I told you when you were here that if you want to go visit him, he's at the prison that's closest to my house. He's at the Phoenix, <laughs> Phoenixville Correctional Facility, literally Steve, like five miles away from me. Is that the one right off the turnpike? Right off the turnpike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's when that's you come off, and you, yeah. yeah, the Phoenixville Correctional Institute. That's where Bill Cosby is. Like one of yeah. my favorite comedians of all time until I found out who he was. And sorry. Well, until we all found out, like it's yeah. not like we were the only people that were fooled. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. it's, but it's, it just sucks. It just yep. sucks because he couldn't have been more different than what we thought he was. Mm-hmm. So that Bill Cosby himself, I still that VHS VHS tape. I watched it because he worked blue. He never, yeah, he, he never clean, swore. He, yeah, great like, storyteller. Yeah. Oh man. Anyways, yeah, apparently, but apparently, like the drug and rape women. <laughs> Jerk. Yeah. So you ever, can't even put you, Ghost Dad on my list. <laughs> ghost Dad. I still. I want. I want. If I ever get Leonard a, Part Six, dude. If I there's a get back to Ghost Dad. I always said if I ever get a minivan or a station wagon, I'm gonna put big mag rims on it and call it Grumpy. <laughs> just just nice. because of that movie, because they had that big the wood panel. Yeah, yeah. Gro- grocery getter station wagon that he put big rims on it and called it grumpy. Yeah. But but I can't. Or, you know, there, there was a part of me at some point, like I went through a whole phase um, with with custom vans, like the Dodge <laughs> vans, like the one Brian Dietrich's dad had. I went through a whole thing with custom vans and that movie, Mother Jugs and Speed, where it's Harvey <laughs> Keitel, Bill yep. Cosby, and, and Raquel Welch in yep. the, the ambulance for hire with the cooler a beer and those guys driving around oh my god i wanted i wanted a replica uh, i wanted a custom van replica of that ambulance well and it whatever. had the best movie title i think of all time i would challenge you to come up with a movie title better than mother mother jugs and speed faster pussycat kill 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 yeah all right that's <laughs> pretty good was it crazy right. Ma- dirty dirty mary and crazy larry that's a good one there's a lot of once you start getting into like the exploitation films, we can even do like a top ten favorite movie titles of all time. I do want to do a you used the word guilty pleasure a lot earlier in in the podcast about movies that I don't consider to be guilty pleasures. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. guilty pleasures to me are movies that I would be ashamed to admit to a certain extent. Like I'm gonna put one out there right now that I'm not ashamed to admit, so I don't consider it a guilty pleasure. But Pitch Perfect is a great goddamn movie, and I will fight anybody that tells me otherwise. Mm. But one that I would is Biodome with Pauly Shore and Steve. Is that Baldwin. a guilty pleasure for you? Oh yeah, oh yeah, because that is a, a that is an objectively terrible, terrible movie that I laugh every time I watch it. Mm. So yeah, we should do a whole episode on it because I've got I've got put, some of my arsenal that I can't even get the family to watch, and <laughs> and, and I have friends that. Oh man! All right, well, we'll do that separate episode on that because I put don't, it on I don't a list of potential. Like you, we're always yeah. struggling to come up with concepts. We always talk about yeah. like westerns, but guilty pleasures, and what was the other one I thought of? I, I don't know. Not so guilty pleasures. Um, mm. Oh, oh, best uh, best movie titles. Best movie titles. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of uh, of Match Wits. You can follow us on Twitter at Match Wits. Um, I'm not doing a ton with Twitter. Um, I'm no, you're anymore. not. I need to, might, I might need to take a class or something, or maybe I need to write a, a no, bot you, to do it or something. Just, yeah, write, do something. Yeah. Like hire, tell Maya to do it. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when the kids do it, uh, they don't have anything. They won't even let me follow them on social media. Um, so, but anyways, you can follow us at uh, at Matchwits. Uh, you can check out our website at Matchwits dot uh, com, and uh, we are available on all the the podcasting apps these days. Uh, you can get us on Spotify. You can get us on uh, the Himalaya app, as well as on uh, iTunes and the Google Play Store. So until uh, until next week, uh, I think that'll do it for this episode of Match Wits, and uh, we will bid you adieu. Good evening. You're a Pennsylvania man. The stick a shovel right in your hand. We've got this music in our soul.